2: I'm um, ready yes lovely yeah. let me bring this up i just want to check something quickly
1: hello and welcome to the motormouth podcast with harry benjamin and tim sylvie this is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport chat about their lives and everything in between Another week, another podcast. Are you bored of us yet? Of course not. Uh, And we have got a cracker of an episode for you this week. we linked up with a touring car legend, Mr. Tom Chilton, champion and race winner, having rose to fame through the World Touring Car Championship and, of course, the British Touring Car Championship. He's a top bloke who is still enjoying an incredible career. And we sat down with him over Zoom, of course, to chat all things career, family life, that take-me-out appearance and whether he prefers scales or fur that'll make sense at the end of the episode thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen if you like it please do leave us a review it really helps us to
2: get bigger and enjoy welcome to episode 23 of the motormouth podcast as always before we introduce today's guests i need to shimmy over to southeast england to the land that brought us the longest pleasure pier in the world and introduce not only the tallest man i know but now with lockdown the man with the tallest hair i know harry benjamin how are you yeah i'm really in two
1: minds about shaving my own hair it's really becoming quite uh thick and horrible but um someone i put it on my instagram my my old hairdresser follows me on instagram and was like do not shave it all off it will grow back like carpet so uh i think that's of ad- advice for everyone don't shave your own hair it won't uh, it'll be you, fine
2: yeah. i put a thing yeah. on um instagram about whether you should shave it off or not and fortunately oh, yeah. it ended in your favour, but I'm going to try Thank again for that. Until, you, until you have to shave it off.
1: Until I have to shave it off, no. The day that happens will be a terrible day. I can't ever shave my beard off ever. I look like I'm seven years old again. Uh, how's uh, lockdown life for you? Still going on Same,
2: same, same. Homeschooling, yeah. uh, clearing up 24-7 after annoying children. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've got nothing. I've got, I, I'm running still. Still running. 5k yeah. a day. Um, oh, get that in there. D- yeah, get that in there. Did an exercise class this morning about it. I've given up on my Joe Wicks it's terrible. Yeah, no staying power Anyway, look, let me introduce today's guest Um, So today's guest is a touring car legend and one of the nicest guys you're ever likely to meet in a racing paddock He's currently, when not confined to lockdown racing with BTC Racing in the British Touring Car Championship, a series he first appeared in back in 2002 behind the wheel of a Vauxhall Astra Coupe at just 17 years old Fast forward through a stint in the World Touring Car Championship Tom Rekut returned to uh, the British scene in 2007 team with PowerMax Racing. He's a multiple race winner, trophy hunter and championship victor and now looks forward to stepping into the Civic Type R when we finally get racing back underway. Ladies and gents, welcome Tom Chilton. How are you, my friend?
3: Hello, everyone. Oh, look at that. A round of applause. I love yeah. that. Just well, for you. No one How else gets good? that. How's things in lockdown? Do you know what? It's uh, it's very different, isn't it? Um, I'm not going at 200 miles an hour around a race circuit. I'm homeschooling three boys under six years old, which is pretty hard. Um, I have a very small garden, so it's quite tough. Um, I think the neighbours keep closing their windows because they're quite noisy. Um, but it's. Uh, do you know what, mate? Everyone's doing it. Yeah. Everyone around the country is in the same boat. You just got to get on with it yep. and uh, make sure you can do the best you possibly can. It's it's a great chance to really have some, you know, good quality time with the family. Mm, absolutely. Um, and uh, they can't get away with anything here because we're obviously going to stamp down on it. Whereas at school they might get away with a few things, you know. Yeah. So, hey, we're, are we're, you we're, are you Mr. Chilton uh, I'm, at home? Yeah, I'm, I'm Sir. Yeah. I'm, sir. I'm, <laughs> I've been I've been debating on putting them in their school uniform. Oh, really, uh, mindset. You know, <laughs> as, as a professional sportsman, it's all about the mindset, isn't it? I'm quite yeah, you're, yeah, you're it, there
1: you know?
2: wearing your kit. They
3: should be oh, as yeah. well. I'm having a podcast, but I've got my B2C Racing. Yeah, very smart.
2: A yeah, lovely shade of pink they have, by the way. It's fuchsia colour, they fuchsia. tell me. <laughs> Huge apologies. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, Tom, um, we like to keep things very sophisticated and highbrow here. So the first question we're going to ask you, uh, let's start as we mean to go on. Take me out. Tell me all about it. What what was going through your mind when you went on take me out all those years when, ago when
1: i was doing my research for this I, that was the first video i stumbled across and i immediately tasted him being like what
3: it <laughs> was yeah, on take me out i look at it now and go what as well um things you do sponsorship um so <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't defined true love i can i can promise you that uh, i had no problem in that area this was purely a uh, sponsorship I, I i linked it together with the top gear i was doing so um i did the, the the double episode literally was out a couple of weeks before, which was when I had to roll the double decker bus and I had to race Jeremy Clarkson in a a white M3 and Mm -hmm. and and he was in a blue Lexus. Um, And, uh, yeah, and they went straight on to take me out. So I had another six million viewers live, got replayed a lot on ITV4. So it was just, I was trying to get Scorchcroft a hair gel sponsor. As you all know, I was kind of famous for my hair. Yes, yeah. Driving. And um, now it's very much to the date these days. But the day, <laughs> I nicknamed Sonic and had spiky hair and, if you actually pick up a, a Scorsicoff product now look on the back of the, the gels and small print it says helmet hair proof <laughs> um, that's how close I got to getting that deal together uh, but it fell through sadly at the last oh, minute there's still time um, you've still got lovely hair time, yeah. but that was what I was pushing for to get a hair gel sponsor and, and, and it worked really well with with uh, take me out purely for the fact it was Talkback Thames TV who were doing it who uh, was at the Granada Studios in Manchester where we filmed which is exactly where X Factor was the the weekend before um, so it was like the same audience Saturday evening yeah. same company same stage so it was kind of it was a good crowd you know so that, mm-hmm. that was purely it mate um, yeah. but I did meet a lovely girl called Callie who's um it was a lovely girl. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't meant to be. But, I as you know, I went on that show for one reason only. And, uh, and a free holiday, you know, Isle is of Fernando. Holiday, free holiday. You, you made
1: it to the Isle of Fernando?
3: No, I didn't. I went to Fernando's, the, the restaurant. Um, <laughs> oh, the Cocoa Lounge in Manchester. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, it, was, it was purely a tactical
1: move it then. It
3: was tactical. Everything I do is tactical, mate. Everything. Oh, he's always clever. Always he's a clever there.
1: sausage,
2: this one. Um, right, well, let's let's get serious. So let's take it back to the beginning. When did racing become a thing for you? When did you think this is it? This is the path I want to go down. Do you remember that moment?
3: uh I remember having a lot of fun as a kid in fields, whether it was in Ford Escort Mark Twos when I was eight years old or quad bike when I was eleven. But it wasn't until I passed my racing car license, National B, at thirteen years old, ten months, was when I realised I could potentially be a racing driver. Um, but it didn't really dawn on me properly until I entered the British Touring Cars um, when I was seventeen years old. For my first ever race, I finished third. Um, and you were the youngest at the time I think to get a podium is that right I still am still am I are. still am the youngest to get a podium I was only I was only about what was like 18 days or something past turning uh, it wasn't even that actually I think uh 15 No, less than that about 13 days or something after turning 17 years old was my first race right um, had you, had you uh, passed your actual driving license your road no, car I, I hadn't even driven on L plates on the road by <laughs> wow terrible. And, I, and I finished third on the podium with Matt Neal and Dan Eaves and I actually hit off Anthony Reid and Tim Harvey because they insulted <laughs> me in Auto Sport magazine the week before. Double page spread. This kid should be in school. They said. No. I was like, oh, I'll show you boys. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? They, they... <laughs> that is a true story. Wow. That's why I hit them both off in that race because they both insulted me. Good, just going back to your when
2: you were seventeen and getting that podium so early. How did that? affect you mentally did you think did it lull you into a full sense of security or do you think it stood you in good
3: stead moving forwards no it was good I, I, liked, a, I liked an early podium obviously you, you start thinking I don't know if I should be here I'm quite young you know Like I've still got an awful lot to learn um, and, and the rest of the year became a lot harder and I only then got really an independent win at Knock Hill and the rain I seem to remember um, oh, I can't remember if I got any other podiums I think that might have been it in the first year uh, but I think we just had a lucky streak to start with, and we went testing, and it helped um, set the car up nicely. But we we were always on the back foot because we're an independent; we didn't have the budget, so we didn't quite have um, all, all the all the kit, if you like, to try and make it go as fast. Um, but it was really good getting that off my shoulders, and I, I sadly didn't win the next year in two thousand and three. I didn't win till the year after in 2004 when I was 19 years old at Silverstone, which was a great first win. I went from 10th to first at Silverstone. Wow. But it doesn't get much better than that. And it was a dry race. It wasn't like people were falling off and it was wet. Yeah. Uh, the only thing was that Matt Nill and Anthony Reid got in a bit of a scruff. And I was just kind of like, laughing as I was driving past to take the win. <laughs> uh, they ended up hitting each other off side on side. But it was Anthony Reid style, which is. Uh, It is quite exciting to watch when when he's on track. Um, As you were going up, growing up,
1: and going through the ranks, was touring cars always on your radar? Was that the series that you wanted to be in, or were you looking? You know, was it whatever you could get, or did you have a sort of, did you have a a career in mind, and and that was what you wanted?
3: Yeah. So. My brother and me are very different um, in size, uh, basically. So Max is like a skeleton, so he's always done the single-seater karting route. And I've, I've always tried my hardest to stay fit, but, you know, me fits 13 stone to 14 stone, whereas his fit is a lot lighter. Um, yeah. So that makes a big difference on what you can drive competitively. Um, so I've always had to be really in tin tops. Uh, although I have had a dabble in LMP1 cars and won two out of five races, it still it hurts me. I see to my teammates, I can never be quite as quick because I'm just heavy. Mm. Because um, you can't ballast up a light driver; it's a minimum, You know, it doesn't work like that. Sadly, right. Um, so for me, the, the British touring cars has always really kind of been the right thing for me. But at a young age, why we decided to go there was purely for sponsorship. Uh, it had ITV. Um, those days ITV won and do you know what you always go for the TV deals you don't bother with any other form of racing unless you don't feel that you're fast enough as a driver because you need to go for the TV packages because that's how you can ask for more money from sponsors and Mm -hmm. I was very lucky when I was 17 Calibre was my first sponsor it was obviously a non-alcoholic beer which was perfect at 17 yeah um, yeah. I couldn't drink enough cans of the stuff. Though. Um, <laughs> you know, about a thousand cans and you know, a couple of hundred grand in cash, but I couldn't drink all the cans. They started going off in my cellar. Oh, uh, and I tried <laughs> drinking a lot of it in one go and I started getting a headache. And I was like, I'm dehydrated from drinking non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> That's not that on well head.
2: <laughs> but you've had to work really hard at your fitness haven't you i mean you to, to the point where you've had sponsors that, that specialize in weight loss and how hard do you have to get to train to get yourself in shape i know you you've yo-yoed over the years and you're incredibly fit now i've seen some of your pictures on on your socials with your six-week challenge but how much
3: of a of an issue is it for you and how hard do you have to work to keep in shape do you know what? For me, it's always been a huge issue. And as you know, Light to Life Fast was one of my sponsors, the 5-2 diet. And as yeah. you say, yo-yo's no-no. Yeah. Um, but I, I've i done every diet fad going, basically, to, to do what I can. But um, this year, my new training is nose breathing and sort of doing longer distances and and Hold on. more distance. N- nose breathing? Nose breathing. So in through the nose and out through the mouth. If. As soon as you need to open your mouth to breathe in, if you're going up a hill, you're pushing too hard. Ah. So if you open up your mouth, you obviously can go faster. as a no-brainer because it's an air restrictor like on an engine. Um, But if you can always maintain your training, nose breathing, um, you'll fat burn. You'll definitely fat burn better because you're in zone sort of one, two. That's a life changer. Uh, And you can do it every day or twice a day every day because you're not going to be overly fatigued. And that is the key to training and staying fit: is consistency. In my old days, I used to go out and hammer myself for like three hours or something, Puffing and then and panting. I need four days off because I'm just wrecked, <laughs> and I need a physio. And <laughs> like, you know what I mean, like, and I've learned that that is the wrong way to train. Yeah, you're better off just holding yourself back and doing it more regularly.
1: British touring cars. Once you've arrived there, um, you're in. You've got that podium under your belt what what's what's next are you you is it hard not to sort of reach a glass ceiling quite quickly because you've made it to the championship that you you had your eyes on and i suppose how do you stop it from getting boring
3: ask matt now he's been in it 30 Mm. years yeah well that's the british i've been in 16 years which i i I think is a long time but but matt is is double he's 30 years um and do you know what every year it, i swear it gets more competitive or well, i'm getting slower i don't think i'm getting slower <laughs> I think it's getting more competitive yeah uh, and everyone's uh, a typical motorsport is always trying to make their cars faster and faster and faster um and and everyone nowadays um i think are doing more simulator work and you know what that does help these younger kids coming up through the ranks out of the box they're a little bit faster a little bit more confident um and uh I think that's why it's never boring because it's always Mm. changing. It's not like, you know, I don't want to say an accountant, for example, goes in and pulls his computer up and he has to just punch in numbers every day. That, for me, doesn't change other than the number, but it's it's the same. Whereas with this, every time it's a slightly different temperature, or or they've done something different to the tarmac, or you've got different success ballasts in your car, you need a different setup, we have got different tyre compounds. We have three different tyre compounds now. Yeah. um, And two different brake pad compounds. All this changes everything. And so you're always evolving and changing. And so for me, it's never boring. And I've I've got so much passion and and love for what I do. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it, ever. Good. So no plans to quit anytime soon definitely not excellent
2: not <laughs> that's what we like to hear but you've dabbled in other forms of racing you did a thousand um, kilometer race alongside max right at silverstone did, do you enjoy that form of racing
3: so i like doing it in terms of i like getting on my cv and i like to say that i've raced at all these circuits and i've won nurburgring 1000k and i've won laguna seca but i don't want to get back in it i don't really want to get back in it because it's huge downforce it's not mechanical grip i love mechanical grip i like going sideways and those things you set them up i'm going to be honest with a little bit of understeer um, because when the oversteer happens at 180 miles an hour it's it's not a controllable one usually it's usually a snap violent oversteer that's just down to your, your hole of wing on the back or yeah. the millimetre of ride height. And for me, it's kind of, you're a bit of a passenger um, and I like to actually feel what I'm doing. Um, and when I'm racing up close to people in the touring cars, I can be two, three abreast and still have a good time, you know, on the limit. What is the most
1: terrifying circuit you've you've been on, either racing or just, you know, setting, setting lap times in
3: a track car? Norschleifer, surely. So I think the Norschleifer easier than i think villarreal what? i think villarreal i know it's a it's a weird one isn't it i think villarreal which the sterling moss said was the the best racing circuit in the world i mm. think is the hardest um uh, i think it was quite challenging uh, i finished finish checking there but the noise ring i found it easier once i learned the circuit after a few hours of driving it 'Cause it, the corners pretty much do this. They kind of they roll into the apex mm. and you always let go of the steering wheel and it like drives itself, it like turns you into corners. And yeah, it's the biggest adrenaline buzz in the world when you're flying around that circuit. I mean, it's the most exciting circuit to drive as the Norwich Life mm-hmm. in my mind. Uh, but the one which I probably get the most nervous driving is is Villarreal, which is a street circuit. More so than Macau or um or other Marrakesh as well, other streets yeah. in Porto. I think that Villarreal one is probably the one. There's a corner. One corner is what I'm really thinking of. It goes down a hill. You know, the limit for in six gears, you're adding about 170 miles an hour. And you go in flat, but you can only go in flat at the end of Saturday when the circuit's a bit clean it's a, a road circuit and new tyres. And you're going in faster because you've got a bit more horsepower qualifying. You come out the last corner a bit quicker because you've got new tyres. And it's the first time you do it flat. And you're like, how am I going to make it? And you oh. have to make sure your your wing mirror misses the barrier by like a few inches. You don't hit it because then you'll ping ball off and go through the barrier into a few houses. <laughs> Just miss it. And as it's going down this hill, it's it's accelerating so fast, your, your heart's in your mouth. It's going down a hill and it turns left and the camera falls away. So you're turning and flat and it wants to oversteer. But if you lift at that point there, obviously you'll get more pitch on the front. You'll get more down on the front. You'll get even more oversteer. So as much as starts oversteering, you start going, I think I might hit the barrier. You've got to keep it flat. And then you've got the white lines on the exit. And then it like, it then sort of jumps. And then it, it grips, it hits these painted white lines. And then it bumps again. You go, Ooh, and then your mirror at 170 miles an hour feels like it's in your right eye and you're missing the barrier by inches. And then you've got to break while turning again into the chicane. You've got to go from six to second gear. You jump over these giant sausage curves, and every lap you don't know if you're going to make it. And it's just like insane. The noise life ring is fast, all right? It's six gear, lots of six gear corners. You're drifting, left foot braking. And it's like, it's like, it feels like art to drive that on the limit. It's not mm. a lot smoother circuit, even though it's bumpy. The tarmac's smooth, it's not a street circuit. And that is a different type of driving, and that I love as well. Hence, I got the lap record around that in 2000. Mm. All of that
2: sounds terrifying, and is exactly the reason yeah. why I don't want to be a racing driver. But I can also see why
1: that is exactly the reason why someone would want to be yes. a racing driver. Actually, funny.
2: Yeah. And by the way, people, we don't condone driving around the Nordschleife without using your hands. <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: as you let go, and it does it all for it you. Does it all for, it's fine.
2: Was it? Oh. Macau's pretty mental. Was that the one where uh, there was a few years ago where there was an enormous
3: pile-up, which ended up with nearly oh. all the cars stationary that's right I mean I was in, in one of those in the world touring cars and there was one just before us in the GT race um, and I came down the, the hill into the same corner someone locked up and hit the barrier I'm pl- flying down this hill in 5th gear and I'm like you can't go left Got or right. I to go. Yeah. the circuit. And you crash and someone hits you behind and then it's just a pinball effect. Um, <laughs> but, but that was crazy. That was in practice that happened, I think, to us. Right. And then on the race day, it was pouring with rain. And I've been to Macau, I don't know, eight times, or something, but I quite a few times we've been to Macau. But I've never been there when it's rained. Not on a race day. Had, like, a practice session a bit damp. I've never on a race day. It was pouring, mate, like monsoon pouring. I was going down the going down the straight and there's four lanes, like the M25 there. And at one point I'm in like lane two, for example, keeping the lock dead straight, flat out of sixth gear. The next thing I'm in lane four and I haven't <laughs> moved the steering wheel. I was like, I've just explained, I'm wheel spinning fifth and sixth gear, oh. wheel spinning. And there's hotels, you know, like 120 floors going past your... <laughs> your head it's all 160 170 miles now an and and as soon as you hit the brake at the end of the straight to lisboa you don't even hit the brake pedal hard i'm not even joking and the engine locks and it goes quiet in the car it's the engine stall oh christ and then you have you, you left it braking and then you have to whoom, hit the throttle and you go down the gear to then get the engine going again to get the wheels moving so that's how you get the water flowing out the tires the God. Sweet and every and lap Jesus. you're braking locked up i locked up for 40 meters every lap in that race and i went I finished third and got on the podium but I I literally I locked up for 40-50 metres every lap engine quiet in the car and you're like I'm going straight on through the cut through and you think the cut through is not long enough when you first lock up because you're going 170 miles now and you hit the brake pedal and you go no that cut for isn't long enough we're going to ha- end up in the hotel behind that and then it's just about grips it's like dig-a-d dig-a-d usually, and is when like, the diff's like trying to scramble for grip and the wheels looking up trying to get the throttle going again on each gear because it keeps to lock up and going it's quite- honestly it's the it's, 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 it's making it's, my heart of- race <laughs> it's just crazy <laughs> every lap you think you're potentially going to go straight on and maybe take out people in front of you but <laughs> then you end up third that's not too shabby <laughs> yeah. but, um, what do what you say is the best race car then you've ever driven that car, the Citroen. Yeah, the, the Citroen CLC it was Sebastian Loeb racing um, in its second year. First year, we're still figuring it out a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, and I was still learning to drive the car as well. um It, it was something very different to what I'd ever driven before. uh And the second year, I was in it. I, I learned how to drive it. Learned what we needed to do, set up at different circuits and. It was the best car I've ever driven. It's it's the best touring car ever. I only get these old DTM cars, which are real drive, they are mm. the, the old school. You know, like the old Mercedes, BMW, DTM cars. Well, they had all the crazy downforce. Those were the best real wheel drive touring cars. But the best front-wheel drive touring cars on the planet ever, definitely, are these TC1 world touring cars, which don't exist anymore. You can't race them anymore. It's called TC1. No. No. Yeah. Uh, but that was,
2: um, that was with Sebastian Lowe's independent team, right? And that's, so presumably that was a customer to the, the Citroen teams that, that were running their works cars with yeah. their huge budgets. I'm just trying to think back to that time. That's and right, yeah. so you were racing an amazing car, but didn't have the budgets that those big works team works Citroens did. Was that frustrating? You know, that must've been really annoying. knowing you're in the same machinery, but you can't compete because of money.
3: It was a very big difference in budget um, for sure. Uh, but... You know, I think special racing were very, very professional. They did get some great sponsors uh, on the car, and we did have a very, very good budget. But, you know, our budget was uh, probably €30 million shy of the works team, put it into perspective. But our cars looked like brand new every time we went out. We never had a failure, really reliable. Um, And what a guy to work with. And what a guy, yeah. I mean, the team was epic. It's the best team I've I've worked with. It was basically a Formula 1 spec. Um, Present teams excluded, there. obviously. Well, sorry. Present team excluded, obviously. BTC Present Racing, excluded, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, for me, I was there for two years, and you know, we ended up being World Touring Car champions in class and third overall. And the third overall meant a lot to me because that broke up the works Volvos and Hondas who were spending sort of thirty to forty million euros um, each to run three car teams. You know, so there's like six works cars, and I finished third. And yeah. I, beat, I beat Rob Puff as a world champion before, and the same machinery as me, Ameli Bonani, who was uh, the, the uh, world independent champion the year before. <laughs> Um, and uh, and I beat them all in the same car so for me that was a very special year um, and that was the the best race in my life really that that last race because it, it all had to happen in that race and yeah. I started fifth and my teammate was first because uh, of the reverse grid so I had to fight through the field and I managed to overtake him and pull out a couple of second lead right at the end and it was uh it was, defi- it was definitely an exciting race because we went wheel to wheel a few times and we were drifting and, you know, anything could happen. You could get a punch or whatever. It's all game over. But prayed to the right God and it all worked. It was marvellous good times really good times I remember it well and, th- and then you
2: moved on um to i never know how to pronounce it whether it's Roll or ral um ral motorsport okay. alongside um social media um monster
3: tom coronel who seems to be yeah. oh my god oh, yes. <laughs> yes just oh, following the world uh, so he's the nicest nicest teammate i've ever had tom coronel he's the funnest uh, most honest <laughs> racing driver I've ever worked with and Real Motorsport was a, a fantastic team the RO st- stood for Roberto Ravaglia legend um, and uh, the AL stood for Aldo and the team was great and Tom Coronel from Holland with his Dutch accent just every time he spoke made <laughs> me laugh uh, But he was a great driver great teammate. Um, and uh, he taught me an awful lot, if I'm completely honest, uh, in how to enjoy yourself and yeah. be fast at the same time. And you know what? That, that's a big part of it. I think, you know, a lot of this uh, sport is mental. But if you focus too hard on silly areas, you end up not being natural at it. It's like I think golf's a good Analogy. So if you go up to a golf ball and you try and hit a golf ball really hard or it's a really important shot, you're usually going to just muck it up. You're going to miss it. It's going to go right. You're going to hit the ground too much. Something will go wrong. But if the shot means nothing and you don't need to hit it very far and you just swing, it'll go dead straight and it'll be a lovely shot. No vibrations through the hands. You, know, the, you don't want to chuck your club out of your bag. You know, you think that was a yeah. really nice shot and you didn't try. And that's the same with motorsport. If you're relaxed and happy, you know, everything comes together really nicely. And that's kind of what I learned from Tom, really.
1: So you learned a lot from him. Have you had a a hero
3: growing up, racing or otherwise? Um, I think Jim Clark is is the best racing Mm -hmm. driver to ever walk the planet. Um, He did did so many different things, you know, from British Touring Cars to um, Indy Cars to Formula One and He was was two times world Formula One champion, you know, not as many now as like Lewis Hamilton or, Mm -hmm. or you know, all these boys, Mark Schumacher. But um, he, I just feel like in those days it was mechanical grip. And uh, that's what I'm about. I'm not about all this downforce malarkey. I'm about mechanical grip. And he was driving cars, which was all about the feel, you know. And so I respect him and think he's the best racing driver. And and when you left World
2: Touring Cars uh, as it was then, and returned to British Touring Cars, how did that feel coming
3: back after a few years out? Do You know what? It was really nice coming back to see all my fans. Uh, he same faces mate. It's it's crazy. You leave you leave something after being in it for ten years, and you come back sort you of know, four or five years later, and it's all the same guys in it. Right? <laughs> you can just leave it and come back. Um, it's a bit like watching EastEnders, you know. You can leave it for like a few years and come back, and it's all the same. Really. Yeah, Phil's um, still like there, like that for the British touring cars. But the the fans are growing, the the uh, the TV audience is growing, um, and the grid's always growing. It always feels like, um, and it was just really nice to come back. Uh, my first year back was a bit of a learning year to learn the new NGTC regulations. I didn't focus too hard on it. Um, It was just more clicking gears and getting used to all the different tyres and how it all works. Um, I was really focusing that year on the world touring cars, which is where I did well. Then I came back and I said, right, now I'm just doing the British, just going to focus on that. And I finished third overall in the British touring cars. Um, And then uh, last year was a bit of a struggle because I was in the oldest car on the grid. I was in a seven-year-old car. um, And uh, it was was tired. The chassis was tired. I, I did best when it rained or... Uh, low grip circuit. As soon as I had a high grip circuit, I was Really struggling, especially if had any success. Ballaston chassis couldn't take it, but Motorbase have built a new Ford now, and I'm sure that'll be great. Um, but I've made the right decision this year, 2020, going to BTC Racing um, with what I feel is the the best opportunity for me to win the British Touring Car Championship this year. Although I'm not sure when. Well, that's going. the thing. Yeah, yeah. is that,
1: where, What's the latest with British Touring Cars and, and perhaps a, a provisional calendar? revised calendar even they have they released anything on their socials
3: they have yeah so it's going to be four race meetings in august right we'll start on the first weekend of august and every weekend is a race weekend that's going to be so hard on the mechanics and uh, the cars you know it's really going to be tough uh but that's the plan at the moment i'm not sure on crowds or mm-hmm. any of that stuff um that's all going to announced later on Um, and then we've got two races in September two races in October and one in November and you know I'm not sure if they'll do some night races if it's in November. Get some floodlights up, because it'll yeah. be dark, won't it, by five o'clock. Be That'd dark be a quite cool. cool. Exactly. That'd be cool. Mm. That'd be cool. Get some glow-in-the-dark paint on, you know. You oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go faster, stripes. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's all quite exciting, really, because, you know, I've done this for 16 years, so I don't mind a bit of a shake-up because yeah. it's yeah. been monotonous for me for so long. So it's quite nice to, to have a bit of a shake-up. Um, and uh, spend some quality time with the family. I oh, will touch yeah. wood; it all comes together, and we
2: actually see some racing um, now. Something very important for you here, Tom. Um, it's about this time of the show. We like to test our guest knowledge. We're going to do that with you. So I'm going to pass over to my esteemed colleague to tell you more yes
1: tom shilton welcome to motor mouths the hardest quiz in motorsport uh as verified by uh, will buxton who we had on the other week uh he he really struggled but still with a with a good good points on the board um i have got four clips for you we're going to play you uh and i'm going to ask you some questions about each clip there are three points up for grabs for every clip and then a bonus question so in total you could get 13 points no one has got that brendan hartley is the closest with 12 and a half He sits at the top, uh, and Karun Chandok is last with three and a half points. So that's the one to beat at the moment. Uh, the, we have another British touring car driver on there. We've got uh, Bobby Thompson. Oh yeah, who is uh, currently in fifteenth position. Pretty Porsche, with seven points. So that's well, well, let's put that as your as your low barrier to to beat. Um, let's get
2: clip one on. Here it comes. Take note.
3: I think you know what that is I, I, I was on take me out and I was playing the saxophone to the song tequila <laughs> absolutely can yeah. you tell me though what year was it ah! <laughs> <laughs> he, thought he, he thought he nailed that Oh, my golly gosh. What That's just one like point that? for taking Me it's Out on the Saxophone. 2010. That is correct. And for yeah.
1: another point, can you tell me what episode number it was?
3: It was series one, episode four. Oh, you nailed it. Good start. Three, out three for that one. Solidly on. You nailed it. <laughs>
1: right, that is a strong start. Okay, let's move on to clip number two. What is happening when and where? Have Here a listen. Comes.
2: Okay, it's off I think. Oh no, it's one of the boxers that's off. And Chilton's in trouble, he's on the grass as well. And so is Turkington. And we've got cars off at the complex. Well, it's
3: been so clean today.
1: Oh. Anyway, this is, it gets tough. Always struggling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Chilton and Turkington are off at a complex.
1: Yeah, and there's some voxels involved.
3: The question is which voxels? I've done three four years in voxel. The complex. It's early. Yeah, which track is a
1: complex, or is refer? Well, I mean, was referred to as the complex.
3: Could be quite a few. Mm, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's a British Uh, track. Um. (laughs) Can you give me a clue on year? Because I've done four years in voxels. So. I've done um, 357 race starts in the British touring cars. Don't right? make excuses. Yeah, okay. It makes um, it
1: harder. No, um, what if I said mid 2000s? Oh, well, that's pretty. That's a
3: giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So it would have been. Um, I'm trying to think if we had an instant in the Astra or the Vectra. Oh, mate. What do you think happened? If you. <laughs> don't know. Oh, don't know. Okay. I usually know these type of answers in a split second, and I'm literally. Yeah, we've got it. So this
1: this is, this is you taking out two voxels at the start of the race at Thruxton in 2005. Any memory of that? You see my like drawing a blank there. In
3: 2005, I wasn't driving a voxel. No, oh, you, weren't, no, in you the voxels. weren't. You weren't in the voxels. Uh, oh. we, see, we've thrown him here. Oh, you throw me, that's, I thought you said Chilton and the Vauxhall's taken out. Turkey. No, you, you are not in a Vauxhall, that's you've just taken them out. That's what I was trying to think of the years, 2007, uh, 2008. Sorry. Well, I'm afraid black. we've drawn a blank on that one. I was I'm see if you... Star Wars car at Thruxton, I did, I was leading and I had a puncture and I went off at church. Yeah. Um, so I lost the race. And then I was probably frustrated the next time. Oh, I remember I Uh, tried out breaking everybody up the inside at the complex on the right hander. Yeah, it is. I went through and I took out everybody. Straight (laughs) off. It's all coming back to me now, He he blocked it out. How many points did I run out of time? I remember it now.
1: Uh, mm, I think Uh, you can uh, have something for that. You can have half a point. How does that sound? Half a point? Half a point out of three. Half point out of three, yeah. It's a tough quiz. Tough quiz, Tom. Hardest quiz in most of No, one point. One
2: point. It's not half point. Listen to him. He's driving a hard part. Harry, I'm going to leave this with you. I'm not getting involved. Definitely well, hey, chair. look,
1: you, at the moment, you're on three and a half already, so you're not going to come
3: last. So he wants to come first. Thank <laughs> you I'll buy you a gear. That's definitely a point. point. Probably be a non-alcoholic beer.
1: <laughs> you know what? Fine. You know what? Fine. You get one point. I'll give in. Right. You've got four points on the board. Right. Let's see if you can get any more. Let's hear clip number three. What's going on?
3: Where and when? This time last year, and this round's now replaced Sonoma, I qualified pole and won there, and I've just done the same thing here. So there's maybe something in my blood.
2: Oh, he's struggling again. He's struggling again. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the last point you get uh, we could give him Can you repeat
3: it? yeah hang on Yep. this time last year and this round's now replaced Sonoma I qualified pole and one there and I've just done the same thing here so there's maybe something in my blood we could give a clue here I've replaced it replaced Sonoma for a pole at another circuit uh, in so the foreign cars I'm guessing mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what replaced Sonoma where did I qualify pole I didn't qualify pole in Argentina I'm trying to think what replaced that uh, what was... should we, give him, well,
2: should we give, well we could
3: give him the team could do so this- <laughs> oh Yeah I got a place It was Beijing yeah, Ah Yes, yes. Boom. Beijing Goldenport In the Real Motorsport Yes cruise. Yes, yes Precisely what, what year
2: What year Come, Come on. on You can do it I know uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, He doesn't want to lose this now, 19,
3: 18,
1: You get the year You're drawn level with Bobby 2015. Oh, one out 2014 So close 14. It hurts That's alright though That's two out of three For that round You've still it's got one good. more Clip to play And then a bonus question So there are still Some more points up for grabs Okay Let's have clip number four Please okay. this, oh, is, wow.
2: this is easy You'll get this Winner Tom Chilton Youngest ever guy To win a race In the BTCC championship
1: What's that going to do Okay So what is happening there And then uh, There's a couple other Questions off the top of that So what's going on there
3: I'm guessing I was talking about my first ever win in Silverstone 2004 is what I'm guessing it isn't um, I'm going to get Tim to play the clip
1: again <laughs>
2: Yeah, let me listen to it again here comes winner Tom Chilton youngest ever guy to win a race in the BTCC championship
3: what's that got to do with voices? do you recognise those voices are you guys interviewing me no no, no. no. I can't think of the voices. Let me hear it again. Right, one more time. <laughs> Third time's the charm. Winner, Tom Chilton. Youngest ever guy to win a race in the BTCC Championship.
2: What's that got to do? Everyone is screaming at their, their mobile phones right right now. He hasn't got it. He he got, got it,
1: got it. All right, I'm, okay, I'm going to tell you that this. So the what part of this question? Gonna the gonna kick it is off. this is when you were picked by Richard Hammond on Top Gear to be on his team for uh, a challenge. Now you can claw back some questions. You can claw back some points here. What was the challenge and what was the car? So a you were
3: picked. Car? Yeah. If it was a car, then it with Hammond, it would have been the car football. Yes.
1: And then what was the car? What was the type of car?
3: Toyota Ego. And I was on the blue yes. team, which won 2 1. There <laughs> we go. You clawed it back there. How did you not recognize Richard Hammond and James May? Oh, I couldn't recognize the their- it's not a great quality mate oh, it's the,
1: don't blame the quality <laughs> <laughs> we're doing our best on the lockdown scenario um okay right you're looking good though it's not too shabby this is your bonus question though good luck with this one if you uh if you get this i'll be amazed okay <laughs> how many points did you score in your first season of the world touring car championship according to wikipedia <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm loving this, by the way. 74, I don't know. <laughs> oh, a bit optimistic. Uh, 7. <laughs> yeah, bit optimistic. I had no idea. <sighs> You've got
1: a 7th in Morocco and a 10th in Slovakia. Um, How are we looking on the leaderboard?
3: Okay, so, sadly, not there. So let's just do the counting. Ford, one. I forget the Ford was the first year and that was horrendous, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm, seven, yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> right, OK. Let's do the numbers. 3, 4, four let's see. OK, Tom Chilton, you have scored eight points, which slots you just above Jack Aitken and just under Sam from Seeing Through Glass off of YouTube, which puts you in, I believe that is four. 14th place so you know and it's a really tough leaderboard to be fair I mean second is joint at the moment between about four people so uh, that's not too shabby ahead of Bobby Thompson Charlie Martin Nicky Shields and Karim Chanhock and Jack Aiken so you not bad, you know, not not bad too shabby not bad
3: Wait, how many points did Bobby Thompson get?
1: he got seven
3: he got seven and I got eight.
1: And you got eight, so you beat beaten him.
3: That's all I need to know. As long yeah. as I'm ahead of them in the quiz and the British Touring Card Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Let yeah. the social media yeah. banter begin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 good, good questions, boys. I, I'm really embarrassed I didn't get two <laughs> And A lot uh, of research went into I'm that. embarrassed uh, I didn't get Richard Hammond's voice because that was an easy... <laughs> Yeah, oh, out counter,
1: but, that's yeah. what makes Make, it the toughest quiz in motorsport. You start hey, questioning
3: hey, yourself. It's so
2: simple, and you can get it wrong. I it. know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's give let's <laughs> give you a question. You will be able to answer without any sort of issue. Um Let's uh, cast your mind back over your career. What would you say was your your highlight? Your your real um, point where you thought, "Yes, I'm I'm happy with that." What was your highlight?
3: Oh, so many, mate. So many. Um I could reel off like fifty. Uh, but I think my biggest win in terms of the most amount of seconds I led a race by was in very low grip, raining conditions where I was just me feeding the grip and dodging the puddles, basically. was at the Twin Ring Motegi circuit in Japan, which we're a MotoGP race. Because mm. um, so we, we canceled that year's Azuka and we went to the Twin Ring instead. And I won by 14.8 seconds in the rain. I had all the legends and multiple world champions behind me, from Ivan Muller, Lopez, Tarquini, multiple Swedish champion Ted Bjork. I had them all. Thiago Montero, X1 Drive. I had everyone behind me, and I pulled out fourteen point eight seconds in the rain. Um, it was very tricky conditions, and I was just loving life. It just all came to me, you know. And and mm-hmm. that for me was a very good win for me, uh, as much as it wasn't as good as when I won my class and third overall at Qatar which was like the race of my life I think the, the highlight really is 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 that one in the rain in Japan randomly I just suddenly thought about it yeah Ah,
2: oh, cool that's cool. good and what yeah. what would you say you're good at outside of racing have you got any hidden talents is there something you're especially good at that people don't know about
3: I think I'm quite good as a family man I'm quite good you know looking after the, the the family the children and the missus and making sure they're all happy and I try and give them what they they, they need all the time by giving them lots of, whether it's meals or, you know, cuddles or reading books or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, or being romantic. I try to be, I tried to do it. I tried to be a good family man. You know, that's, that's, that's me outside of racing. That's a, that's a nice answer. Are you going to get the boys mm. into motor racing? We'll see. I mean, occasionally they get excited on TV. Um, I think I have to wait to get a little bit older cause they're six, five, four, um, I think if they show an eye for it like as in they want it and they look like they're good I can't <laughs> know. but you know I probably will be like nah you haven't got it mate
1: no talent <laughs> nah, no there do, do something else
3: <laughs> <laughs> go get down to your beer um,
1: what are you what are you useless at though is there anything that you are completely rubbish at
3: I'm rubbish at football Really? I am rubbish at football. I've got no sprint. So I'm like an endurance man. So the problem with football is it's like literally sprinting, like squash, sprinting left to right as fast (laughs) as you can. You know, my missus, she she used to play in the badminton um, girls' whatever it's called, club, uh, three hours every Saturday. And uh, I play badminton with her. Mate, if, if we're playing like sort of four games, I usually win one out of four. <laughs> you know, like, it's a bit like this quiz, you know. like <laughs> Useless. Useless. <laughs> um, okay, I've
2: got one that comes from uh, not me or Harry. So um, you, I think you've met my wife, Chloe, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you know Chloe. Chloe. So um, she wanted me to ask you a question. Um, it's not very highbrow, it's not clever. She wants to know, would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales?
3: It's <laughs> interesting, because obviously I'm born in March, which makes me a Pisces. Oh, um, March, oh same. Pisces. So you think I should go scales, shouldn't you? Mm. you always guaranteed a, a wash, you know, you clean in the sea. But <laughs> I do like looking long distance. <laughs> I like seeing miles ahead like racing to make it all slow motion i like being on the top of a hill for a nice view and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and so i wouldn't want to be a fish because underwater is predominantly murky even yeah. when you go to really nice seas and maldives you can yeah. only see i don't know 20 meters you know and then it's just mm-hmm. a mist yeah boring yeah so uh i'd like to be for um your world's royster. you can you can do anything, can't you? If you're an animal, you can go anywhere, do anything. You might we'll get a to, bit hot and sweaty. Like get in the shade occasionally. You, know, you might have to <laughs> lick yourself clean if you're a cat. But you know. uh, Amazing, amazing answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Applause.
1: That was brilliant. Well done, Chloe, for that, <laughs> that was, question.
2: That was um, the best answer ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: going off of that then, one last meal. What could it be? What would it
3: be? Oh. Uh, roast dinner. Yeah. Something my like roast dinner and what the, kind of meat are you having? Uh, it has to be a really nice bit of roast beef mm. oh, that good answer. yeah I love a creamy horseradish with a good Yorkshire Oh, good nice Yorkshire, gravy. Yeah. oh and Crispy roast potatoes really creamy mm. leeks. Oh. creamy leeks to go with it makes it all worthwhile when you've got your carrots and your peas and your cabbage and everything else oh i am missing, missing a pub different. a roast oh, so, yeah. a roast
1: sunday lunch at the pub yeah, i'm missing that me at the too. moment me too. um it might be difficult to sort of look forward especially at a time like this but have you got a plan going forward for you know your career five years down the line or are you looking at other business ventures and stuff or are you just seeing what happens and taking
3: it as it comes so i'm always looking to other uh, other things like everybody um uh, mm. Motorsport is always evolving, you know, and, and like cars are evolving with these hybrids and mm. electric cars. And then that'll eventually go on to hydrogen cells and the rest of it. Like it's always evolving. Um, so I'm very much eyes are open to all options. Um Do you think there'll ever be like an electric
1: touring car championship? Well, there is sort of, there are plans for that, aren't there? I do think
3: there are plans for electric touring car championship. And I will always keep my options open to Mm. to race anything. Um, I am very happy with B2C racing. I'm very happy in the Honda FK chassis. It's a great car to drive. And I can't wait to get back in the car and race it. Uh, And I will do everything I can to stay there for as long as I possibly can. Um, But, uh, you know... At the end of the day, motorsports always changing, and new things come around. And you know, if a new manufacturer comes on board and wants to, you know, pay good money, you're not really going to say no, are you? Because mm-hmm. you know, you've got a family to feed and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. So it's just life, isn't it? It's quite mm-hmm. a fickle world, motorsport. Sadly, um, you know, even when you find all the all the right guys and the right team, and you want to stay there forever, someone offers you you know half a million quid to go and raise them for a year. You're not going to go. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that's what it's like, really. Um, mm. But it's it's um, outside of motorsport. I am looking to set up a new company at the moment, um, and uh, looking to do some filming, um, trying mm-hmm. to set up a production company. Um, got some ideas in the pipeline at the moment, but just all um, ticked off and signed off uh, in these tough times at the moment but yeah i think that's that's the future for me outside of motorsport is is doing some more sort of filming and uh, having a laugh you know i like having a laugh um and doing what i love at the same time and as much as i do that with motorsport i think if i can do it well um in front of a camera even better you know because I, I, i'm not going to stay young and healthy forever so you need to start getting something slowly in the pipeline for when mm. you get older to to get into
2: Um, We've got three guests, which we are... uh, Three guests? Three questions, which we ask all our guests. Uh, Harry, do you want to kick off?
1: Yeah. Number one, what's got you excited at the moment?
3: At the thought of coronavirus disappearing and isolation over. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Good answer. Positive thoughts. Uh,
2: Number two, if not doing what you're doing, racing, what would you be doing?
3: Um... If I wasn't a racing driver, I would – oh, man, it's such a hard one. I don't know because I've been doing it since such a young age. Yeah. I'd either be talking in front of a whole load of people um, or I would be sailing or racing something. I don't know. <laughs> I need an adrenaline buzz. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be uh, an accountant then. Uh. No, I wouldn't be an accountant, mate. Uh, and <laughs> sorry for anyone who's listening, is an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> it's a job, and I need you Very good as well. Job. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. All um, him. we all need them. We all need For me, it would have to be more outdoor based. Whether it was a, anything from gardening or or designing gardens or, or being outside, basically, I love being outside and working outside. Um, um, I think I would have done like racing on a boat, sailing boat. I quite like sailing. Yeah, um, I like the buzz of it, um, and it's quite peaceful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going a Pisces. I want to get close to that water. No so scales. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get scales, get mate. scales yeah. on. You can't see far underwater, so you want fur. Yeah. You really want feathers as the king, because you can fly where the hell you want. You know, feathers is the key.
2: Yeah good point very, very good point very good point uh, our final question for you if Harry could put himself together I'm just imagining like
1: just a whole debate topic of an hour being like okay first scales or feathers I think we, we could easily for? fill an hour with um, that feathers what? feathers, what? feathers that, I mean you make you make a valid point yeah you can fly you've, you've won um, okay final question for you
3: what are you scared of birds I'm scared of uh, vicious dogs <laughs> Right, yeah. Pretty much all cats which want to jump and land on you and put their claws on your legs. Oh, I've got two cats. I've got two cats. Uh, no, no, no. No, no not in that. your house. I tried that and I ended up leaving. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, I, I, I'm not... Off. I, I love animals. I love what they they do to other people. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I say do to... like It's great the kids can stroke them and it's great... Yeah, yeah, the, the happy memories they bring. Right. Great. God, yeah. the guys feel great People are blind. And yeah. There's loads of really big positives, <laughs> but I just don't want them in my house. Mel, <laughs> open the door and you go. This house stinks the dog. There's fur. Actually, um, that is death. true. Look, well, Harry's got a dog. In, in- I've got a black <laughs>
1: lab, but he molts, so his fur uh, just as soon as you touch as soon as you touch him, like
2: there's black hair all over the floor, yeah. and you got to Hoover it up. And, and now I've spen- got two and cats, the and cycle. they just make you sneeze.
3: And make you sneeze that's what I was about to say if you have these cats and they make you sneeze yeah. and if, if you've got black fur you drop your white towel out of the shower and then you've got black fur all on it exactly um, <laughs> yeah. it's a nightmare but <sighs> Earth world it's problems, done. mate, first Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about coronavirus. But fur uh, off uh, get health. the fur Yay. off my towel. Come on. Oh,
3: Where are my feathers? Oh, oh
1: dear. God. Tom Chilton, thank you so much for taking the time to hero. come on to our show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Cheers, boys. Thank well, you. It's well, enjoyable. Motormouth, over and out. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore Instagram, at Motormouth underscore official, and on Facebook. Just search Motormouth. You can download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile, and interact with others and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever. Motorsport takes your fancy. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth podcast. We here at Motormouth are a small, independent team. Since starting this podcast just over a year ago, we're reaching over 15,000 of you across 30 countries around the world. And uh, We want to bring the biggest names in motorsport to you. Find out about their lives and careers and have a chat about whatever is going on in the motorsport world we are determined to carry on producing these episodes however they do come at a cost from securing guests to equipment and editing software and expanding the podcast and app that's why we've set up a Patreon page where you can help us to carry on doing what we do there are three levels at which you can contribute Starting from £5 a month to £10 or £20, each tier allows you slightly different levels of access. Depending on which one you choose, you can enjoy early access to podcast episodes, exclusive member benefits, merchandise, shout-outs, and your chance to feature on one of our shows. Any support you can give us is massively appreciated and will help us grow and continue to bring cool content to race fans all over the world.